And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves lefty relief sensation. With the sub one ERA one year. What's up, Eric? Uh, nothing. Turned into an old man doing a lot of yard work and retirement stuff. So nothing exciting. You don't think you could go out and get a sub two ERA now? <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd be throwing. That's the crazy thing is I'd be throwing slow. When you used to throw 94 left-handed, it was hard. And now it's below the hitting speed. But nobody would nobody would be used to it though. Yeah, I might actually have that benefit, but well, I'm not you putting up a now. two. I might be able to hang around. <laughs> uh, well, let's get right to it, man. The uh, the uh, topic of the day, or especially of the topic of last night, man. Listen, I cannot be accused of being wishy washy on the subject of MLB replay. If anybody who's followed this podcast knows. I've said from I've been unwavering in my criticism of it. I've said since day one, and now more than ever, I say it is time to abolish it or overhaul it because it's bullshit the way it's used. It Your sucks. Thoughts? It sucks, man. I mean, it, it takes five minutes and they get the call wrong ninety five percent of the time. The whole like, yeah, I, I just feel like there's such a lack of accountability with it, you know. And, and there's definitely some protecting the umpires. I don't know what their scoring system is or whatever, but. They never overturn it unless the guy's out by four steps, the first baseman dropped the ball and came off the bag. Otherwise, the call stands every time. It's like, what's what's the point of this? That's the inherent flaw. That's it right there. Yeah. Is this they hide behind it having to be a hundred percent for them to overturn a call? That's the problem with having umpires make the decision. And yeah. if there are going to be umpires making the decision. The solution, as Dansby noted last night, I think is pretty simple. You don't tell the umpires what the original call was. Nope. You tell New York to look at the replay and make the call. Therefore, you're not overturning. You're, you're not going against your brethren. You're not saying your, your fellow umpire was wrong. Because in their heads, I just don't think they can do it. I mean, the umpires union is so strong. The umpires are so close together. So it's such a tight-knit fraternity that it is an inherent flaw for it to have, for one, for it to have to be a hundred percent because well, last night was a hundred percent. I mean, you can't show me one angle where it looked like his foot, Alec Baum's foot touched the plate on that play in the ninth inning where the Phillies scored the winning run when Baum tagged up on DD Gregorius's pop fly or fly ball to shallow left two hop throw from Azuna. Wasn't a great throw, but it was on pretty much on target, and it was in time. I mean, he made the tag, and the play was called safe. And because it was called safe, Can't the umpires it. have to have 100% to overturn it, and they decided 
they couldn't overturn it. I mean, Ooh, I don't know what a hundred percent would be. You know, I mean, it, exactly. You can't tell me they don't have the technology John Boy has. I saw his video this morning. He took <laughs> all three angles and synced them up, so you could see from different angles the foot. Whenever people thought it possibly could have been touching the plate, the other angle showed it was still up in the air or off to the right. side. So I'm, I don't understand. They have this special replay room with all these top secret angles that they always they kind of hide behind and say we don't see. But then you never even get an explanation. You know, they just they yeah. they give the call and they jog back their positions. The manager complains, and then they just say it's not our fault. It was New York. It's almost like yeah. it provided a even less accountability on the umpire's part. I feel like the umpire that made the call should just watch the replays on the big screen and, and just decide if he wants to change yeah. his mind. The problem is, like you said, they show it on the big screen and the people at home are watching all these angles. So everybody else sees it. Yeah. Unless the crowd was going a, crazy. Unless you're a hardcore Phillies fan and you're seeing what you want to see. Everybody agreed that he never touched the plate. So if you're an umpire, it's so weak to say it's got to be 100% and it was not 100% of your view. When everybody else has saw it comes up with with a call and your call is diametrically opposed to that. It doesn't make sense. you got to use common sense. You know, as umpires Just hang up the phone and look at the jumbotron. Make I mean, use right common there. sense. Look at the play and, and go, look, we got it wrong. He's, he's out. I mean, he's, he's out. His foot never touched the plate. He's out. Let's go. Let's keep going. That's it. Don't take five minutes to do nothing and then do that and expect the crowd not to be incensed, which they were last night. They were going crazy because they saw the replays and they saw everything you're seeing at home. They didn't show it on the board the first year of the replay, which was even more. They definitely did yesterday because you could hear the crowd in the background. Oh, they do all the time now. Yeah. Which they have to. You're not going to put that genie back in the bottle. The problem is like the NFL, they explain what the call was. That's what what I'm saying. Yeah. And they don't take five minutes either, you know? No, give us a detailed explanation, you know, from the replay room or whatever. Whatever the, the decision is, give us an explanation of it. Or show us the angle that you're seeing that that tells you that he's safe right there. You know what the bullshit we got last night was? All we got from, from uh, we sent the request, uh, New York Times reporter sent a request to the office to ask what, the explanation, what if an explanation is an explanation was from this. It didn't even give this name. It was just a supervisor yeah. in New York said after a replay, after a replay, there was not uh, enough evidence to overturn it. Call stands. That was it. One sentence, two sentences. It was. That's all you get on the field. The whole. Uh, exactly. And that pisses off everybody, too, because the managers and the players want some type of explanation. Uh, you never get one. Never get one. Snit said they never give us explanation. They just said call stands or whatever, you know, and and it, and and you can't managers are told they'll be ejected if they come out to argue. So by using replay, you've ruined what a lot of people loved seeing managers come out and argue. That was part of the drama of the game, part of the theatrics, you know. So you've ruined yeah, you got that. nobody to yell at now. You ruined can't that. yell at the guy in the booth. You ruined that aspect of the game that people loved seeing Bobby Cox and Bill, you know, and 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 just some of the great managers of all time who came out. Those are some of the highlights that everybody remembers. So you ruined that. So if you're going to ruin that of it, that aspect of it, then get the calls right. Make <laughs> oh, it worthwhile. So you've ruined one part of the game and not improved another part of the game. You can't sit there and tell me that replay has improved the game. For the few calls that it gets that they get right once what that doesn't offset the horrible decisions like last night.
the ones that get right too are the ones where the dude should have been safe at second base and his right. hand came off the bag for right, you know, which is bullshit because that's not the yeah. spirit that's of the rule anyway. No. That was not why the rule was put in place anyway. It's not to catch guys if they're off for a microsecond if they slip their inertia carries them past second base on a slide. To me, that goes against. I mean, th- that's the way the game's been played for 150 years. All of a sudden, the guy can't even slide hard, fearing that if he goes past the bag or comes off the bag for a moment, that, that a guy like Anderson Simmons is going to be smart enough to and Dansby to keep the, the glove on the runner the whole time. Yeah. That what's the point of that? That's not baseball. Ugh, it's almost like the umpires need a new signal because they're so reluctant to overturn them. The umpires instead of safer out, they should just do a shrug and divert to replay immediately and like just that. let replay shrug. determine the call. Like just this is my new a sign. Shrug I don't emoji. Know. I don't <laughs> know that emoji. one. And then they just point to the to the yeah. phone and then they go call and see what it is because that has such a heavy influence on what the well, call is going to be. Right, and that's and that's basically saying the same thing. That's just kind of turning it around, but instead of. The people in New York, not knowing what the original call was, you just tell them, well, there's a chance they were watching the game on TV, so they're going to know the call. That's what but I was I like thinking. your idea even better. If the umpire goes, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Go to the room. Yeah, too close. Sure, it's a little <laughs> awkward, but not nearly as awkward as last night when when the wrong call is made and, and a crowd. Man, imagine if there would have been 40,000 there last night instead of 14. Might have been like that wild card game. Yeah. They've had to stop the game 15 minutes to clean the trash up on the field. The hard thing is watching it live, I thought he was out 100% because you could see his foot slide in under the tag. So I, I thought he was safe. I, I didn't said, know. I thought he was – I didn't think there'd be enough evidence to overturn it. And then I saw the angle that clearly showed his foot never touched the bag. Yeah. You were talking about John Boy having those angles and putting them together. So he synced them up from – he synced up just uh-huh. the TV angle. So you can't tell me they're not able to do that in New York or wherever they're doing it. And they're paying those guys and using all that technology in New York and they can't sync that together because I can see. Well, if that takes five minutes, you understand it. Right. (laughs) They had to sync it up. I can see the angle that you're talking about where there was Mike, maybe his spike hit the corner of the thing. But if you had the other angle. His foot's a quarter inch off, two inches off the ground. But if you could look at the other angle at the same time, you could see it. Tell me they can't. You can't see it from the overhead angle that that is misleading that shows you, well, maybe his spike hit the corner. But all you would have to do is look at the other angle at the exact exact same moment. You can see it's not on the corner. Well, here's the thing is video guys do that. Video guys can do that in a matter of time before the manager calls. To tell the manager whether to. Yeah, some of the video guys in the clubhouse can do that before they even get the phone call from the manager. So you're telling me then the five minutes that MOB has to review it and all the time it takes. Yeah. They can't sync that up in the amount of time. It's just like, what are you even watching? Yeah. You know, and the problem is a guy like Lance Barrett, you know, some good umpires are being made to look bad by this. It's not helping them look good, which is what they had hoped this rule, this uh, replay would do. It's making people look bad unnecessarily, you know? Um, but who's I, mad at who's mad at him if if that call gets overturned last night? Like watching it live, exactly. I thought he was safe, right? I mean, if you're watching it, you got one look. You're it's happening full speed. Who can blame right. you if you get it wrong? Exactly. You look way worse angle, not overturning it. And from the angle where he was, you can't see. So that's why you have replay. But the and replay then, doesn't work. <laughs> and it tells everybody at home, you can see what you see. Don't believe it. We don't see that. I mean, yeah. It, I hate replay. I hate the way it's used. I can it's, see where if it was used properly, it would help the game. 
It would improve the game. It's not used properly. Like I don't you know said. if the Phillies would have complained if it got overturned yesterday. No. No. What would they have complained? What would they have had as evidence? The, there wasn't enough to overturn it, but that's the problem in the first place. I just uh, – I, I, it's so maddening to me that people – the people that think replay is right, they're the same people that think there shouldn't be umpires, there shouldn't be – everything should be technology and all this. I'm, I'd rather an umpire make the wrong call and you the know, game keeps going. <laughs> and the game keeps going, but we know he made the wrong call. Rather than replay, <laughs> still have it wrong. Because then you're going, well, that just pisses me off because they could have got it right. I'd rather just live with the human error. Yeah. If we're going to have human error, then let's live with it. Let's not double down on it by having people watch the replays. Making human error. <laughs> and seeing it, yeah. they, you know, it's just. Still it, messing it up. It doesn't make any sense. I hate the whole. I hate the whole damn thing. I, I think the ump on the field should at least have the authority to look up at the jumbotron and hang up the phone. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You probably saw one replay of the Conforto thing in slow-mo. You can see him stick his elbow out over the plate. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that, too. Let's go ahead and get to it. That's God, two in man. a week. Two grievous mistakes in a week. Both cost a game. Both cost a game. In a divi- That was a division game, too. Both of these are division games by people that should challenge for the division crown. Yeah. I mean, what if the Braves lose a division by a game to the Phillies? You know, you or to anybody. Uh, or what if the Mets were to lose a game or, or, or to win, win it by, win by, win by, it by game. a game? Yeah. That Conforto ruling was one of the worst. I mean, in a way, it was even worse than last night. It was. Because the umpire made the right call initially. He's called a strike. And then, so he's admitting that he doesn't know the rule book because the rule clearly states that if a player is hit, a batter is hit by a pitch that would have been, that was a strike, He's, He's called still, a strike. It's still a strike. Like he was ringing it's him not up. Not an HBP, and he was ringing him up. So you got to admit we got it wrong. We we got it wrong, and they never did. I mean, I felt like even before replay, you know, Umps always leaned toward the call that was going to get him back to the hotel faster. You <laughs> yep. know, just just by just instinct, you know, things that that would go either way. I mean, it it's the game's over right there if they don't change it. The Conforto call was so bad because. It wasn't that he he didn't you know a lot of batters stand there and let the pitch hit him. He, he didn't do out. he actively stuck his elbow guard out. The, it doesn't hurt when you've got that padding on and you I get mean, hit by pit. It's you one nick, thing if it's a ball. It. It's one thing if it's a ball in off the plate and the guy yeah. kind of leans into it a little bit. But when you're about to ring him up, yeah, 
That's I don't brilliant. know how. Yeah. And it's the same thing. They don't get an explanation. You know, the umps just shrug and jog off the field and the game's over. And you know what the explanation on that was? You can't, you can't replay that. You can only replay whether it hit him. That's it. And the replay showed it hit him. Well, that's again, put apply common sense to this replay rule. You don't, don't have all these, all these nuances where you, you can only replay whether it hit review, whether it hit him. No, also review whether he tried to get hit and he should be out. That should review replay should be, you should be allowed to replay everything. Well, that's the other side like of that. it. Sometimes they'll be reviewing something totally different. Yeah. And the replay shows he came off the bag later or something else is there and they, they can't even use that because that's not what they're reviewing. You know, well, it's like it was so stupid because they went to the replay on the Conforto. They went to the replay, watched it, and then they signaled to the best. Yes. He said it hit him. Well, we knew it hit him, you idiot. No that wasn't the, that wasn't the question. Oh, oh my it's God. frustrating. It's frustrating. So I understand Braves fans. I mean, I, I, I do not agree with throwing shit on the field. You, I mean, because somebody threw a bottle. It hit the netting, but it, it, they threw a bottle. And Dansby was pissed, I'm sure, because players have kids there. Yeah. You know? And there's not much chance it's going to hit one, but what if it did? Kids oh, we saw people it. getting smoked in that wild card game. I mean, it, it yeah. rained a lot harder, but right. we were we were in the dugout trying to peek up, and if you looked across like under home plate or anybody was sitting close to the field, yeah, if they didn't get enough on it, I mean, I probably saw four or five people wear water bottles or beer cans off the back of the head. So, yeah, I mean, he's right in that category. Yeah, so he threw a bottle and hit the netting that's supposed to protect fans from the – Foul balls. Well, it protected anybody on the field from the bottle, but uh, there was just mostly just trash. And it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like the because there's only fourteen thousand people there because of COVID. But it wasn't like the the uh, infield fly game. But there was trash. They stopped it briefly, and uh, you know, and they chanted bullshit like they do at a football game. You don't hear that much at a baseball game. <laughs> but but I understood them being upset because I mean it cost them a game. You know, I mean it. Uh, that you're out there on a Sunday night. Watching great a game, game. A you're great there for game too. You're there for three hours. That's a problem. That's the thing of back and forth with the home runs. A Acuna, Acuna, superhuman, hits a home run to tie the game. And the Braves have a chance. You know, are going to have a chance to win it in the ninth. If nothing else, it goes to extra innings. And as the home team, you got the advantage. So, and as Dansby said, we felt like they took it out of our hands. You know. Yep. The worst part is like it happens so much. You're actually surprised when they get it right. I mean, that's a bad sign in itself exactly. to replay, but you never expect them to get it right. You're just sitting there like somehow they're going to find a way to get this wrong. Well, that's what I said when uh, I, I my original tweet when it happened and they showed the first replay. I go, the Braves are challenging, but I don't know if there's enough uh, evidence to overturn because I'm just so ingrained that they hardly ever <laughs> overturn it. So then I saw there was evidence, but I still didn't think it's they not would. enough. You know, it's not going to be enough. They're, they're terrible with this stuff. But um, Snit said it's just frustrating sometimes. And that's what I told the umpires because I've got a view. I've got a view on the big screen, and he didn't touch the plate. And he runs out there and, and said, what's the explanation? Because they didn't give us an explanation. They never do. You know? And Darno says he's talking to the home plate ump, and he asked him to turn off his mic because they're recording the stuff. You know, they're, 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 or they're, they haven't lied to New York. He said, turn off the mic because he wanted to, to let him know how he felt about this. Darno did, you know, being polite. Did he? Yeah. But, you know, Darno said, it's, uh, somebody said, uh, asked Darno in our Zoom afterwards, we asked him, does it make you lose 
faith in the replay system. And he said, yeah. absolutely. He said, it makes me not even want, want it anymore, honestly. It just slows the game down. It took five minutes for them to decide that. And to me, they got it wrong. I'd rather just not have it and get the game going. That's where I am. That's what we're talking about. I'm I'm right there with him. Yeah, just get rid of it. And then as a pitcher, you're standing there just, you know, twiddling your thumbs, getting cold. Yeah. I mean, Smith could have wound up giving up a couple more runs just from standing there so long. And then he looks like an asshole. You know, everybody hates him again when he got out of the inning. Yeah, I mean, he should have been out of it. And Acuna had hit a seventh inning homer to tie it. Six six and uh he's incredible right now. <laughs> oh my god. And Baum hits a leadoff double, advanced to third on a ground out, Gregorius hits a pop fly to left. It was shallow left too. I mean Yeah. I mean, I know everybody's so insensitive the opposite. They want to give Azuna a break and the and the ball we did need beat the play, the runner we there. Need, but the I fact mean, got him, is <laughs> fact is if that if that how many most outfielders can make that though in the air. Yeah. If not in the air, then one hop, a short one hop. And in that case, he beats the runner by three feet. Yeah, his footwork wasn't great. I mean, he was kind of he kind of jumped before he threw it. He, he caught it. He didn't catch it with all his momentum going toward home. I mean, you could critique that too, but like we've talked about, I yeah. mean, that's not really what he's out there for. Yeah, you're going to live with that. Uh, you got to live with that. It was pr- fairly accurate. It was accurate enough to make the tag, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you. That's why you have your worst outfielder in left field. But, I mean, if God, if Acuna's out there, I mean, he used to be a left fielder. He oh, bombs out by f- five steps. Yeah, it's a, it, he makes the throw in the air. Like a, and there's quite a few left fielders that do. But, anyway, um, it is uh, it was a chance. You know, the thing is, the Braves would have a five-game winning streak, and they would have swept the series. So, yeah. so it, you know, you feel like it hurts. If you're the Braves, it feels, it feels like it hurts your momentum. They'll come back out. Like Dansby said, though, the good thing about baseball is you get a chance to get to play again today. It's not like the football next day. where you'd stew on that for a week. But yeah. It's, They're in uh, good shape. I mean, they, Freddie's starting to hit. He's getting hot. Yeah. But Ozuna's Four not hitting. five hits have been homers. Yeah. I mean, you got Freddie and Ozuna hitting in the hundreds or low twos, and you're still only a couple games back. That's and awesome. going to be fine. He hit the two-run homer last night, but he has done nothing before that. Yeah. Dan's be hitting, hitting much. Austin Riley's not hitting. Now you go Cunha's up and down the lineup. The I mean, Acuna's the only guy hitting solid. Carried the right offense. Cunha yeah. and the pinch hitters have carried the offense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna hold up. No, they'll they'll start obviously. hitting. But but last night they had a chance to win. They, they had a real good chance to win on a night where Drew Smiley gave up five hits and five runs in five innings. So you know, you, you can't really put it on the offense. They scored six runs. Yeah. So, um. Smiley said, it's a shame to end a game like that. In real time, it's obviously bang, bang. Lance is right there in position, making the best call that he can. But we have five different angles on a national televised game, and it's clear that his foot didn't touch the plate, that it was that it was on the chalk. Everybody saw it and sees it. Everybody knows it. And for MLB not to overturn that, it's embarrassing. Why even have replay if you can't overturn that? That's the way I feel about it. I think everybody feels that way. There's five different angles. It's clear he didn't touch the plate. That's why I like the shrug sign. Just don't even make a call. Just go to replay, and then at least they can just do a fresh look at it and get it right versus having to protect the guy. All you needed to know was Baum was asked if he thought he was safe. Yeah, He said, I was called safe. That's all that matters. <laughs> Come on. That's as guilty as you get. Plead the That's fifth. like trolling us, man. Yeah. Uh, 
I thought Dansby, uh, like you said, he had a good comment. He said, if they feel that there's something even remotely that could, I guess, not overturn it, they just keep the call the same, which is what they're instructed to do, right? So if anything, if anything, the change could be they, the people in New York, don't know the call and they just make a call based on what they see on replay, not what's actually called on the field. That's one solution that I know people have tossed out before. I like it. I like it too. Uh, Acuna. <laughs> He's, uh, he's, you know, he showed up to camp in great shape and he's off to this, you know, he started out two for 12 in his first three games. And then since then, he's just, he's been the best player in a major since then. And certainly in the national league among 93 qualified in it, he had, he had multi hits in all three games in the Philly series, by the way, among 93 qualified NL players, that's those with at least, 3.1 plate appearances per team game. Acuna leads the league with a 1378 OPS. Also leads the league in batting average, 444. Slugging percentage, 917 he's slugging. Hits, 16. Extra base hits, 9. And total bases, 33. Leads the league in all those. Uh, it's our, our weekly. It's way too early, but I'm going to do it anyway. 40-40 update. He has four homers and two stolen bases through nine games which is on pace for 72 homers and 36 RBIs. 36 bags. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Yeah. 36 stolen bases. Yeah. 72. So he's homers. got to up that a little bit. He'll still like four in one game though. Right. But you know, it's stolen. If he gets one in the next game, he's way ahead of pace. Again, yeah. So. I, the most impressive thing I think I've seen him do maybe in his career is beating out that ground ball yesterday. Yes. I was going to get to that. 109 miles an hour, right at the shortstop and he beat it out. That's, the only guy I've seen do stuff like that's Ichiro. And he's in the left-hand batter's box. Exactly. And he doesn't right. have the power. You know, when he showed up at camp, I told I said I thought he probably lost 10 pounds. And I said well, how much good how much better shape he was in. And then the first ball he hits in spring training, he's busting it out of the box. He's and he stretches a single to a double, challenges uh uh Martinez's throw in left field. Easily makes it, but he just look. He's looked fast yeah. and everything he's done. Yeah. He's hauling ass to. He's busting. Yeah. He's hustling and 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 just that little bit. He was already fast. He was already, you know, uh, he was already plus speed. But now it's plus plus. I mean, now it's there's a difference. And I think anybody that questioned that the play that you're just citing last night, uh, it, <laughs> I think it answers that because. I, that was a routine ground ball to D.D. Gregorius. And it I wasn't a two-hopper either. It was smoked right at him. 109 I mean, miles an hour off the, off the bat. He could have been a step out of the box when it got to him. The only thing I thought Gregorius did what most shortstops do is they take a time to gather themselves. It's that little bit of a half step where they kind of yep. go, all right. That's the only thing he could have done differently because he's just not used to doing that is kind of rush the throw a little bit, you know, or – I mean, because he's got a decent arm. He threw it at 88. So maybe if he's got Angleton's arm, he throws 95. It caught him maybe, off guard for sure. It caught him off guard. It he's caught just, him off guard. but So routine. When the ball's at you that quick, you don't even expect the guy to try to beat it out, let alone – I mean, he probably looked up and said, oh, shit, you right. know, when he saw where Acuna was. But it, there's not much – I mean, if he doesn't set his feet there, he's not going to get much more on the throw. And, and that's He said that's, he didn't take a step. I thought it. I thought it. He did that little thing where he kind of just gathered the ball. Well, he just gathered himself. He made sure to yeah. make a good throw. But right. if he if Acuna starts doing that, 
all of a sudden he's going to start getting even more hits because they're going to start rushing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's what Ichiro did. You'd give up a chopper to the left side and you'd be like, you know, I, I hope errors. everything goes perfect. It, yeah. So you errors. start getting the, the, the short stops and position players, second base, third base. They start rushing their throws and making bad throws. And then you get a hit anyway because it was going to be bang, bang. But him, the pressure he can put on the defense with his speed like that. Yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah, there's you're you're talking guys like you know Ricky Anderson, Billy Hamilton in recent years, but he didn't get on base enough to really do it a lot. D. Gordon for a while, uh, but yeah, when they're when they have to be aware of you at all times when you're running out of the box, you know that you're going to take the extra base every time. The outfielders are rushing because they all got this guy's going to go for two. They'll stop laying out too because they'll know they can't get you if they lay out. You know they'll they'll try to make plays on their feet. Otherwise, right. you're you're getting there anyway. Into Park Homer. Yeah. The Altuve kind of had that for a little while, like when he'd hit choppers in the infield. But it's it's mainly the awareness that the infielders have to have now where they're going to go into panic mode as soon as a ground ball is hit to him if they know he's flying like that. And, you know, the thing is, on the replay, if you watched, Acuna actually was looking at him, too, like the whole yeah. time. He's going, I, I, he's that fast. Yeah. He was hustling his ass off, but he was looking at Gregorius to see him. Oh, I got a chance to beat this. It's not like he just put his head down and ran as fast as he could. He was looking at the play and yeah, still running that fast. Because he was, was going to shut it down if he got rid of it. You know, like he was, he was like, controlling it. He was like 4.19, I think they had him the first, which is like from the right-handed batter's boxes. Not heard of. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, I mean, I think he's creeping into Trout territory with what he's doing. I, I remember a replay that ESPN showed Mike Trout's rookie year of him getting mm-hmm. down the line and and just being like, well, Sounded I didn't like know. A freight train. <laughs> well, I knew he was fast, but then I didn't know he was that fast. And I right. think that's kind of the that's the message that'll get around the league too. When you see him do that on a hundred and nine mile, it wasn't a three hopper to shortstop. Right. It was hundred nine miles an hour. He had to be maybe a step or two out of the box when Didi had control of the ball, and he still beat it out. And it was to Didi's throwing side. It wasn't like he was going making had to make the to Jeter spin. play or <laughs> no. the Andrelton play. You know, going out spin. shallow left field and throwing it. He'd have no chance. He couldn't you beat that by five steps. Yeah. He is going to his left, routine grounder. Um, it, that's the most impressive thing I've seen him do so far with everything I, he's done. Just that in the batting practice round at the All-Star game. Going oppo taco. Yeah, that was, <laughs> just, that was pretty just insane, Just having too. fun going opposite fields <laughs> in, a, in a home run derby. Hitting 30 homers in the derby opposite field. Home run derby at batting practice. Um, Smiley said, said, you've had a chance now to watch him, you know, since spring training started. What have you thought of Acuna? said, the guy's absolutely amazing. I caught a glimpse of it in 19 when I was with the Phillies, and I've seen it in spring and just through the first couple of weeks of the season. He's a generational talent, and it's exciting yeah. to get to watch him every day. He said he's one of a kind. It's truly impressive. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, like you, could, you can't talk about him enough. I mean, I think people maybe around the game get sick of hearing about him, but then you see a play like that, yeah. and you see him hit the home run. And you start realize what you're looking at. They had him at 31 feet per second. I know people for Statcast, and people are going, "Okay, what does that mean?" But yeah, 30 miles is per elite. hour is that? <laughs> 30 is the elite. 30 feet per second, and he was 31. So, um, you know, Angelton Simmons throws him out. Yeah, a couple others do, but not just your average shortstop on that play because Gregorius is an average shortstop. You know, he's, he was a Gold Glove finalist a few years ago. Doesn't have Simmons' arm or Al Dansby's arm. But he's good. He might, he might get him too if he knows he's going to be running like that. Right. You know, he right. might change how he approaches that ball, but Rush you just assume when it's hit that Charge. hard, you assume you have all day and you know he's quick. So he didn't take a lot of time, but 
even that little extra hesitation he had or that little extra second gathering himself, I mean, it cost him. He got a hit. Or maybe he even comes charging in, tries to get it off the off cut the it floor, off a little takes bit. Takes that hop. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if you're resorted to having to do that on routine grounders, the hitter's doing some work. Um, yeah. This uh, he had yeah eighty eight point four throw. Uh, you know, not bad at all. And then asked Gregorius about it after the game. He said, <laughs> "I know he hustles hard all the time." So actually, I took the grounder up cleanly and took one step and threw the first perfect throw and everything, but he beat it out, even though he hit the ball hard. So that means I need to get better. Basically. <laughs> and he laughed. <laughs> I guess right, I'd be shrugging too. Girardi. Great quote from Girardi. He said, Joe Girardi said, I mean, it was incredible. And I know Didi took an extra step maybe, but I didn't think he took that much extra time. He must've have really got out of the box extremely well. And like I said, the replay showed, he got out of the box okay, and he was hustling, but he was watching the play the whole time. <laughs> I know. They showed him run all the way, and it looked like yep. he was running hard, but it didn't look – it looked like he had more in the tank if he had, if he needed it. It wasn't one of those guys that puts his heads down going, oh, you know. He no. was like, I'm just really fast, fellas. I lost some weight. <laughs> I'm world-class I'm speed now. <laughs> He's floating right now. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I asked Ned, I said, how many guys have you uh, been around, or how many guys have you seen – that could turn a routine grounder like that into a base hit. And he said, he's probably the only one I've been around. He said, that second gear he's got is something else. He said, he remembered him doing the same thing on that ball. Remember in Boston, when he got hurt, when he hit first base and hyperextended his knee rookie year, he said, he remembered the same thing on that play, but he was a little out of control on that one. This time he didn't look out of control at all. It was smooth. Yeah. Anytime he extends though, I think of Boston when he extends that lunges, that last step, like he did yeah. last night, but every time he does that, I kind of go, oh, because that I remember that play in Boston was so ugly. Well, I wonder if that's been in the back of his head for a few years too. You know, yeah. I mean, you think about that stuff as a player, but he's 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 going full board. He's now. fearless, he's, he's, though, man. Yeah, a lot of players would would never run like that again at first base. You know, yeah. and make that lunge. They would run through the bag without lunging for that. He's fearless, so. Uh, that was another thing. One of the most amazing things I've, I've ever seen from Acuna was how he did not get hurt at Boston severely. I mean, he was out like uh, he was out like three or four weeks. But when he did it, we thought for sure that's, that's it. it. ACL yeah. surgery. How many how many ligaments did he tear on that play? Because that was awful. Hyperextended, flipped him up in the air. Then he landed on his shoulder. Next day, or X-ray showed nothing. Right there. <laughs> yeah. He, he, his hyperextended, it'll probably be out a few weeks. I don't know how much time he missed, but it wasn't that much. But, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of guys, That's he's out for the year. Most guys are on that play. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit directtv.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, it was another highlight we've seen for Acuna in the first 10 days of the season that have seen him do highlight real moments with his legs, his glove. I mean, he's made a couple of catches that have been some of the best he's ever made. His arm, which is an absolute weapon in right field. And, of course, his bat. He's got 
14 hits in his last 24 at-bats and had three doubles and two homers in the series against the Phillies. Well, that's the other question you asked, too. Not just how many guys have you seen that can beat out that ball, but how many guys have you seen do that that can play his defense and yeah. and hit for the power, you know, like that that total package. Five tools all the way. I don't, I don't know if I can name anybody because the guys I've seen do it, like Ichiro, I mean, he could have hit some homers if he wanted to. He had more power than he let on. But for the most part, I mean, he, he wasn't doing – he wasn't the threat Acuna was when he gets in the box. You know, I mean, you knew he was going to try to hit a single. Yeah, Tatis can run. I don't think he's quite as fast as Acuna. Not like though. that. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Soto can like, run, but not like that. Um, nobody can run like that right now. D. Gordon could run the like that. The only guys that can are, 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 are Slappy. punch and Judy hitters. Yeah. yeah. They can't hit for power. Yeah. Nobody's a 40-40 guy beating out 109-mile-hour ground balls to shortstop. Right, and Trout's not doing that anymore. Not anymore, like no. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, he won't be doing that eight years from now, but it's fun to watch while it lasts. might not be years from now, yeah. so everybody should enjoy it while they can because Acuna is. <laughs> Take it in. Man, he is nightly. If I had season tickets, that'd be worth it right there to pay to watch this guy. I don't know that – I don't think there's a more entertaining player in baseball. I mean, you say Tatis, you know, he's flamboyant and dances and all this stuff, and he's terrific. Soto's the best all-around hitter, maybe, but none of those guys is 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 as entertaining. I don't think in the field and at the plate and on the base pass as Acuna is. And then he does all the histrionics too. That had, has fun out there. That is so energizing that little kids just love him. Even if he wasn't as as good as he is, little kids would love him. Yeah, but you can watch a whole game and he's got a chance to do something either in the box or on every play on defense. Like there's always a chance he he makes an impact from from somewhere with yeah. one of those crazy tools. That homer last night, by the way, was, was to center again. And that's what's amazing is all four of his homers this year have been gap to gap, two of them straight center, but all of them have been fat part of the field. No cheapies. No. We said the ball, wouldn't it wouldn't matter to Acuna because he Not doesn't hit him. fin scrapers. Even to dead center, he doesn't hit fin scrapers. No. When he hit off Zach Wheeler Friday, left the bat at 114 miles an hour, point one. Fourth hardest hit by a Braves player in the StatCast era that began in 2015, and also the ninth longest by a Braves player in that period. He has five of the Braves' six highest exit velocities on homers in the StatCast era and eight of the team's 13 longest homers. And he plays on a team with Freddie Freeman, with Marcel Ozuna, <laughs> with a couple other guys in the past two years, Josh Donaldson. Austin Riley could Riley. put up some numbers. He could, he could do some exit velocity. I mean, that's pretty amazing, man. The, to have eight of the 13, but that, that uh, ball he hit over off a of wheeler over the, the Braves bullpen. Show me yeah. a lefty hitting the ball up there I mean, to their pole side exactly. of center field. I mean, he's hitting balls to the opposite field that far. It's just, he's Miggy gone over that forever. bullpen multiple times too. Miggy could do it, but Miggy's, Miggy's. Miggy's got probably 70 pounds on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the only guy that I've seen hit line drives the way that Acuna does. Miggy yeah. hit him. Really like a left-handed pool hitter, line drives. But, I mean, that's it. Stan, this fellow Venezuelan. Stan and can do it. Judge. But you're yeah. talking about guys that, that are Six, nine, five two, inches taller, 60 pounds heavier. And I did the stats, you know, going into the season, uh, even before what he's done this year, Cunha was ahead of Miggy at the same part part of his career, 300-some games in, which is pretty amazing, you know, because Miggy started out fast. But Snit was asked last night about, We've seen Acuna do the things, these amazing things that he's done physically and all that. But uh, he was asked if mentally Acuna hasn't also grown as a player and 
become a smart baseball player and not just an incredibly talented, gifted player. And Snit said, yes, because I've seen the growth. I've seen the maturity, especially this year when he came to camp and just the daily work ethic. He's always a kid that I've said, God bless him. He's going to have fun playing the game. It's like he's in the schoolyard. But the growth and the maturity of the young man has been just phenomenal to me as a person and how he conducts himself and how he's playing the game. He said it's really said it's really cool to see because he's growing up and he's maturing as a player, a person, the whole thing. It's a really neat thing to see. I've said all along, he's such a good kid. Everybody loves him, the enthusiasm, that infectious nature that he has. But he's maturing as a player and a person. I just noticed in spring training, he's growing up. Then you watch his batting practice, how he approaches the game, the adjustments that he's made. You watch his daily work ethic and working on the defensive side of the game and his throwing, things like that. It's a really cool thing to watch. Well, you know, the crazy thing about him, too, is he's he's he had to get to the big leagues to learn the lessons most of us learn in A-ball. Yeah. You know, because he's just not going to be challenged in A-ball the way he with the talent he has. He's he's learning baseball in the major league. So he's only going to keep getting better. And and it's just a matter of, you know, if he if he wants it mentally and he wants to be the best player in the and world he does. and he does, then he's going to be. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing you love to see is. Some of these guys that come up with incredible talent, you wonder how bad they want to be, not just great, but the best player in the game. He wants to be the best player in the game, man. He's not satisfied with just being an all-star, all MLB. He wants to be the best player in the game. And his friend, I think it's great that he has his good friend Soto. They become fast friends in the same division. And Soto getting all this attention because they have this friendly rivalry going. So he doesn't have to look far. He doesn't have to look at, wait up, see what Tatis did that night. He can always be aware of what Soto's doing or Trout. Yeah. He knows and they what get Soto's a face doing. off too, you know, and yeah, try they to face one off each 19 other. times. So he can yeah. compare himself to him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think his, he's just, I mean, he's just getting started. It's hard to imagine, you know, because if he was this guy for the rest of his career, or even the guy he was last year, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, but he's just getting started and, and he's he, learning the game still. And he also gets to play. Uh, face uh, Bryce Harper 19 times a year so he can see him and go yeah I'm, I'm a that. lot better than that guy <laughs> and yeah. I got 300 some million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean that's that's another thing that happens too you know you guys get paid and and I always talk about keeping that fire going and it's almost like for him to keep his fire he's got to want to be the best player in the game it can't yeah. just be you know getting paid or something like that he's got to want to be the best because that's the only thing you know that's going to challenge him Acuna leads the league in OPS, but Christian Pache and Marcelo Zuna, Christian Pache, 316 OPS, mm. Marcelo Zuna, 347. Those would be acceptable barely as on-base percentages, you know? Yeah. And they have the league's second and third lowest OPS among qualified players. And Ozzy Albies, even though he homered last night, he's at 440, and Austin Riley at 488. They're the 12th and 17th lowest. So the Braves have four of the bottom 17 of the 93 qualified players in OPS, that's half their lineup. So pretty amazing. They should be five and four right now, or they could be if they'd have won the ninth game. Yeah. Can't say they would have, but they, they're, they're four and five. It's pretty amazing considering how much Acuna and the pinch hitters have carried the offense. And Freddie, like you said, that's a big home runs lately. He's getting started. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, that, Freddie's warmed up. He's he you watch running all three games. Yeah, he's hit three in a row. But yeah. you watch these games and you're thinking, wow, you know, the division could be close until you realize that, that the, the offense really isn't even going yet. Yeah. You know, you, last year they'd be down three runs or something like that. And you felt like they were almost winning because they were going to come back and score five. And they just haven't kicked that gear in yet, but they're still in every game. 
So this is a good time to remind folks about they're worried about the offense or whatever. The Braves are nine games into a 162-game yeah, season. It's early. That's one-eighteenth of the season, or slightly less than one game in an NFL season. Yeah. And it's not even the fourth quarter yet of game one in a college football regular season, for those who want to equate it down here. <laughs> so this uh, it's going to be a fun season, man. I think the Braves getting off that 0-4 start was a little alarming, but not not so much. You knew what they had offensively, and now they you know, come back the way they did. They've won two series in a row. Yeah. So that's all they try to do when every anyway. series. Huh? I think it's good to be close anyway. You don't want to blow it out and, and right. coast in the postseason. I mean, it, right. it's more entertaining when, when stuff like this happens. But, yeah, yeah. Only, I mean, they, they're going to hit. Only team that's going to run away from it, I think, is the Dodgers. I think they're going to separate. But uh, we'll see. The Padres, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to be without Tatis for as long as people initially thought. So, But, yeah, the Braves are only two games back, and they got four against the Marlins starting tonight. So they got a real chance to do some damage here. Marlins have – uh, the Nationals are in last place right now, by the way, in the division. One yeah, game, I mean, it's one, nine one games. Game. Yeah. There's no All point right. even looking at the standings yet. I know. I know. That's it. We'll uh, we'll be back. We'll do another, uh, another of these shows on Thursday after this series and before the Braves go to Chicago. And uh, tonight, Huascari Noah makes his second start. He stays in the rotation for at least two this start and one in Chicago. They're going to tell Bryce to stay down there for a little longer. Uh, after that, you know, I earned it with that performance. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. We'll come back on Thursday. We'll talk to you. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. 755 is real. We're out. We're out.